0: My intention of this evening is to make you curious about anxiety. Although uh, instinctual, when we experience anxiety, everything in us says run. What I would like to offer you is um, that there is another possibility and that is to turn around and relate to anxiety in a different way. Accepting, accepting, really deeply accepting that we all will experience anxiety on and off for the rest of this life. So if you... Probably when we approach an evening like this or we want to learn about mindfulness and meditation if we are honest then probably somehow there is still the hope in us wow there must be a method to get rid of that which is difficult for me to feel when people talk about coping with feelings or But what actually coping means for most people is uh, please give me a method to get rid of anxiety, number one, second, despair, third, confusion. So, what I would like to make you curious about encourage you is uh, this evening as uh, to to explore the possibility (coughs) there is another way that there's nothing wrong with your feelings that there's nothing wrong with you and that you that all of us we have the capacity to feel all our feelings. They are not poisoning, they are not dangerous. They are here to be felt. Not to be dealt with or get transformed or get rid of. So tonight I'm not I'm not going to talk a lot about the different methods within the Tibetan tradition <coughs> to, to change your relationship with anxiety. My plan is to make a more structured training next year, but rather just to reflect upon how anxiety is just part of our life I never met anyone who did not experience anxiety almost every day if I'm I'm honest and that's maybe not a good advertising for being a (laughs) meditation teacher I experience anxiety I think almost every day and and then if one when if one looks deeply into into your inner life into in meditation then you might start to discover there is actually a certain ground anxiety which is there all the time <coughs> and what i would like to explore tonight a bit is how this ground anxiety is connected (coughs) with your journey of awakening, with your journey of enlightenment. And that becoming a loving container an embodied loving container for anxiety, embodied in the body, is absolutely necessary for anyone who's serious about awakening. So then, (coughs) stopping to run away and turning around And being with anxiety, which is probably one of the most difficult human experiences to embrace, becomes really part of your bodhisattva practice, of your warrior practice, of your yearning truly to wake up to your full potential in this life. So then the anxiety we experience because circumstances in our life actually becomes an opportunity, not something to get rid of. (coughs) So this is not an easy path, because it's counter-instinctual. Also, our, our society, our culture somehow says to us, you know, if, you are, if you are anxious, then something is wrong with you. <coughs> it, se- it seems that anxiety is something which needs to be fixed. Is it? That's the question. and I would like to use uh, a few quotes uh, from a book which is called Already Free by a psychotherapist and Buddhist practitioner called Bruce Tift so I'm going to structure the evening bit around, around this book because I found it very inspiring, and he has, a, he has a particular encouraging way to look at anxiety. <coughs> but before I continue to talk, I would like to just sit quietly <coughs> with you so we can create some space, and maybe after a busy day you have the possibility to slow down. So it's an invitation to shift a bit from <coughs> the busyness and from the compulsion to be in the head <coughs> and to figure everyth- try to figure everything out to so being in your body. So if you like you could close your eyes if that feels comfortable. And then you allow this shift to happen. So with the next in-breath, allow your awareness to slide into the body, <coughs> even down into your feet. And with the out breath see if you can let go of some of the unnecessary tension. The most important thing here is that it's a gesture of welcoming. So you meet yourself like you would meet a friend. <coughs> Allowing this moment to be what it is. So you bring yourself along with whatever. Maybe you feel a bit anxious, or you feel tired, or there's some discomfort, some tension, maybe you're quite happy. So whatever, nothing is excluded. your belly? Could you allow yourself to soften a bit in the belly with the out-breath letting go of some some of the unnecessary tension? Maybe you can imagine a flower opening. And of course, thoughts continue to arise, but see if you can emphasize them less. (coughs) Because right now there's nothing you need to think about, nothing nothing you need to protect or allow thoughts to go a bit into the background, like clouds passing. shoulders, if you allow yourself to soften a bit in the shoulders, (coughs) maybe you notice how when you soften the shoulders that your whole body can relax a bit. There's nothing to do for you just now. your mouth and you relax there a bit. <coughs> and also your forehead, the areas the area above the eyebrows. And then with the next in-breath, again the whole body, the whole body from the toes to the top of your head, with the in-breath befriending, with the out-breath letting go by letting be. Notice that you emphasize the storyline, the I thought. See if you can shift back from the head into the body, into your hands, into your breath. You can appreciate the stillness which arises when we sit quietly together, even if if you are agitated or tired, restless, there is a gentle stillness when we sit together in the spirit of compassion, in the spirit of forgiveness. then I invite you to connect with the intention that we're here tonight for our own benefit, as part of our own journey of awakening, of healing, but also we are here for all the people we care about. There is a strong relationship between anxiety and the violence in this world. So being here tonight is a genuine contribution to world peace. So, this is on um, the book, already free. For most of us, anxiety is an incredible difficult experience to work with. It seems that we have a collective fantasy that, that we are not supposed to feel anxious. So an incredible, difficult experience to work with. So I think it's it's important that we acknowledge that. Also, we all know how difficult it is for us to be with another person who is anxious. So there also this easy to see connection between if you increase your capacity to be a loving container with your own anxiety of course that is a wonderful space then which you can invite other people into our instinct makes us making people feel wrong when they have feelings we can't stand ourselves. I had this interesting experience some time ago. I was invited to lead a workshop about difficult feelings for psychologists. And I I was thinking, wow, that's so fantastic. I'm going to go there. I will be with people who will be interested in feelings. (laughs) Unfortunately, it was a group of cognitive psychologists. (laughs) And easily I could, I figured out that there was such a avoidance of feeling feelings in that group so they were completely in the you know cognitive changing your thinking coping with your feelings and definitely for them anxiety was a problem to be fixed and if you are on the this cognitive way of thinking, then you believe that the only thing you need to do is to change your thinking. So even the professionals, the emotion professionals, at least the ones who our insurances pay, uh, are emotion-phobic. I couldn't believe it when, when, when then we were turning because exploring feelings is a big part of exploring feeling is to explore them in the body and that's where we don't want to be and we are encouraged to not be there and one reason why we are why we run away from our body into the head is if we turn to the body and that's where awakening happens that's where actually meditation happens meditation is body work it's not a, like a mental exercise so that's uh, that's why it's so difficult for us to uh, turn to the body because when we turn to the body we will experience those aspects of ourselves those parts of our experience which we try to escape from and since we have done that since we are three, four, five years old there's a lot of stuff stored and actually that stuff which is stored there which we didn't dare to feel, that's one part of uh, one part of that anxiety we experience I will say something a bit more about that in the second half so anxiety is an incredible, incredible difficult experience to work with. So this, uh, this is a journey which takes time. It's, there is no quick fix. I mean if you take a pill then it seems to be a quick, quick fix but it's not addressing the problem. So the, the real healing which is also the journey of awakening, takes time, patience, care, courage, support, all the people who try to sell us mindfulness or any other methods it's, yeah, this is it's, I mean this is marketing strategies so. and, and that's fine but it, it might it might give us the idea that it is Something we can get from uh, from one course or uh, like one self-help book. And uh, if someone does this journey towards embodiment. Wow. That's amazing. Often we will relate to our experience of anxiety as evidence that there must be something wrong with us or our lives. We are kind of, we have this, this idea that what is wrong with me, I have feelings. I'm a human being and I have feelings. Somewhat, something is wrong with me. You know, this is like the, the candle flame. Something is wrong with me, I'm hot. That needs to be fixed. We don't feel comfortable when we are anxious and other people don't feel comfortable around us. So could it be could it be? Could you kind of can you can you maybe see that? Like or kind of can you feel that space that it might be actually possible? to to become a person a human being who is comfortable with having feelings so to become an embodied container a loving container towards what it means to be human the whole the whole thing because that's the thing if you cut yourself from grief and anxiety then you also cut yourself from playfulness and silliness and falling in love that's then called depression So an interesting question on this journey is to ask uh, to ask by looking by looking into by being by being by starting to touch starting to be with your feelings becoming curious about them uh, to what is interesting is to ask this question why is it so difficult to be with an anxiety not like thinking about it because then you will yeah it's obvious you know it's obvious that it's difficult to be with anxiety but what is it? Why? Why is it so difficult? Mm -hmm. What's happening that we we, that we turn away from even a slight you know like just a, a bit of feeling a discomfort of why is it Why is it so difficult? Anxiety feels like a problem that needs to be fixed. So, if you go to any health professional, like maybe to ninety. 90% or 99% sometimes, with anxiety, nobody would say, let's see, this might be part of your awakening, (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) inviting you to, to breathe into it, to step into the anxiety. Very few, I think. And and unfortunately, most, uh, many would give you some, some medication. I mean, even before trying, you know, some of the provisional practices of, um, you know, exercise and eating and, and so on and so on, even before that, before the most obvious things which you could do first. So now, he says what I said in the beginning, like this kind of leaning into acceptance. Maybe tonight, when you're alone, you can see what happens when you say to yourself, I'm going to experience anxiety on and off for the rest of this life. Oh. <laughs> I found it a relief to say that. Because all the fixing and controlling also through spiritual practice which I, which I have tried didn't work out. Yeah, I am. I'm still anxious to give a talk. <laughs> It's, it's. I'm sitting here being anxious about feeling no, being anxious about talking about anxiousness
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many years I thought what's wrong with me so it's it, it, it can be a relief to, to to accept the most obvious of course, I mean, we are mammals we are, you know it's hardwired in our nervous system so the problem is not the anxiety the problem is not the grief the problem is not to have a broken heart uh, the problem is not to feel your life falls apart that's going to happen The problem is how we relate to it, what we do with it. And no, there is no, there is a with this path. No, what I'm trying to sell you is uh, is not is not. So I'm not promising, or I'm not trying to give you something to get rid of feelings. Because somehow I came to the conclusion that's that's silly and, and not possible. But there can be slowly an incredible confidence arising in you because you start to experience how you can be a loving container to all your feelings that that confidence that wow i'm starting to see that i'm going to be able to deal with everything which happens in my life because it's always the feelings i need to work with i don't need to work with the divorce i need to work with the feelings on the divorce i don't need to work with being left I need to work with the feelings of being left. That's what I work with. So if you slowly cultivate confidence, I can be a loving container for, for feelings. Then you become a loving container for what it means to be human, for the human experience, for the ups and downs of human experience. Then you can even become a loving container for your death, because that's also about feelings. And you can be a loving partner, a loving father, a loving mother, a loving... So this is a life's journey, of course. This is which is good. So life will not get boring. There will be always growing <laughs> happening. So what is it what I'm going to do with my life? Whatever arises, I will give it as much love as I can. And you will never get to at the end of that process. But what it will be always new things and difficult things. Ah, now I need to love this. Oh, no, this. (laughs) Shit. No, this, I mean, yeah, this I would like to love, but no, my life, no. No. So whatever, so then, then you don't come to the end of this process, but you increase your capacity to love so no matter what i mean on on the you no know, even if you now you no know, if you have a sense in your life right now that wow my life is a mess it didn't work out it is not going to work out anyway but So yeah, like my life is not working. (laughs) My life is not working out. You know, like you have some standards you didn't fulfill, or you know you didn't fulfill the standards of your parents or whatever standards you torture yourself with. (coughs) Uh, But is that what your life is about? So, what can you do? Love that The feelings, the experience, the experience of feeling broken. Uh,
2: Can I ask? Yes. What do you mean by love? Huh?
0: What do you mean by love, to to, to love, to love?
1: What do you think?
0: (laughs) 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 I think to show up, to be present. To be non-judgmentally present. So it's not like when I say love, it's not like, oh, I'm in love, my heart is open, and uh, it's not... It's not uh It's not necessary, uh, uh, like a, I mean, a positive experience, like oh, now I love my anxiety or something like that. <laughs> so you still, you still wish it wouldn't be there, or you know you don't like it. But you show up non-judgmentally. You you feel into it. You hold it, gently. Yes, and sometimes I think then uh, a feeling of uh, care is in it or of kindness, like of wanting to take care, wanting to heal. So I'm talking more about unconditional, unconditioned love, which has not the, like the, yeah. Something bigger than a feeling. It's not a feeling. So, he says, I don't think I've ever met anybody who doesn't experience anxiety as an ongoing part of life. He is, uh, I mean, I, I, think, I guess he's like 65, 70. He has been uh, a psychotherapist for 40 years. And he, he is a student of Trungpa Rinpoche and a teacher in uh, in Naropa uh, University in the United States. So he met a lot of teachers and practitioners and, you know, the 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 enlightened guys. He's hanging around with them. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's like, I don't know, that's something when someone like this says this, yeah? I don't think I've met, ever met anybody who doesn't experience anxiety as an ongoing part of life. As an
3: ongoing?
0: Part of life. Okay. So there is a, a you no, know, there is the kind of Tibetan view on the Buddha that he is like this amazing superman science fiction. Uh, but then there is uh, the, the other view on the Buddha in the, like more, like in the Pali Canon in the Theravada tradition, where he seems to be really like a normal down-to-earth man. And in, in the Pali canon uh, you know, the, the challenging emotions, they were personified in the, in the form of Mara, like kind of a demon, like a demon, demon-like figure and maybe you have read the story about the awakening of the Buddha uh, where Mara appeared in different disguises and tried to challenge his awakening so then when the morning star uh, 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 dawned then he had this big enlightenment and and then you would think that's it now you would think now he is enlightened so he does not have my problems anymore and i would like to get there through my spiritual practice but what what how how it turns out how it's being described in the pali canon is that mara reappears he comes he visits him throughout the next 40 years when he was teaching so what's the difference the difference is that he was not thrown out of balance. So he, he i have read this story. I don't know if it's directly from the Pali Canon, but, but I have read it in few uh, in few sources. How when Mara would come, he would invite Mara in and give him tea. And he would see. He would say, "I see you, Mara." And then Mara would stay a while and then he would go away. So, maybe we can rethink our idea of what enlightenment or awakening or freedom is. Maybe it's not a freedom of anxiety, but a freedom for experiencing anxiety. So, he says, anyone I know, anyone I met, also the enlightened guys, experience anxiety. I think if you would be married with married with Eckhart Tolle (laughs) or the Dalai Lama, (laughs) then you would say the same. I mean, the Dalai Lama says, you know, when I'm uh, before I have to give a talk, I'm 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 sitting in the in the background. And I'm afraid. I'm anxious. And then sometimes I ask my. Uh, then I ask, why I'm doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why I'm doing this? And then my attendant says, Yeah, because it's good for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Then, then I realize, yeah. <laughs> That's why he why he is doing it. So he, is, he is, It's not. I mean some people would would say that's that's not what the Dalai Lama is, but if you assume that he's a human being then then the difference is what what he does then he goes out there even if he is afraid so that's that's in part in part with uh relating to anxiousness relating to fear to see that by relating to it in a different way, it does not need to p- prevent you to do the things you're afraid of. So you're afraid, but you move anyway, because if, if you listen to your fears, then your life becomes smaller. If you, start to, if you start to cultivate a fear of fear, then your life becomes smaller, because you stop to do the things you're afraid of and you will, uh, and you are you are going to stop to live your life i mean the life you're supposed to live or what you what you long to express in your life so so anxiety is not a choice yeah so it's not a choice it's hardwired and we can see how from from the evolution that it makes sense i mean we wouldn't he, we wouldn't be here without you no know, as as a, as a as mammals we wouldn't be here without anxiety without the protection of fear, of of uh, of anxiety so it, it it has its its place it's a necessa- it's necessary so the, the anxiety so anxiety is not a choice the choice is how we relate to it so how do, that's the choice that's the choice we have so i wrote this down this question how can i be with this and this can be anxiety but it can be all other experiences how can i be with this and be more at peace at the same time? It's a very good question. Just to ask the question. Even if you, uh, if you initially kind of don't have a method or like, just to ask the question is amazing. It makes you like slow down, pause, and you, and it opens the possibility to relate to what you experience in a different way. So, whatever you are struggling with right now in your life, and we are all struggling, some of us are better in pretending they are not, (laughs) but we are all struggling, really. Maybe you think now I have a good time. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Could be. That's of course excellent. So we are we are all struggling. So whatever you is on your plate just now and I, I mainly talk about the feelings around it. And Particular very much so, I'm talking about the energetic aspect of the feelings, the somatic aspect, the the where how how the feelings are embodied, because that's the place where you work. That's where that's where awakening happens. That's where compassion happens. Compassion happens in the body. It's not a thought, it's not a concept, it's something which you which you hold in your body, which you embody. So how do we relate to it? Do we attack this disturbing experience with fundamental aggression? And, and, And that's like how we often approach our feelings, quite aggressive, judging us for it, suppressing, trying to suppress feelings, being ashamed of them, oh, I shouldn't feel like this, it's too stupid to feel like this, no, I don't feel like this, I'm... and then and then this trap we fall into as spiritual practitioners as buddhist practitioners that we that we don't that, that we that we try to use the spiritual practice the visualization the concentration meditation the rituals that we try to use that as a way to escape So do we attack this disturbing experience with fundamental aggression, trying not to feel it, making it wrong, or distracting ourselves? distracting ourselves, that's one of the uh, main avoidance strategies. Going into the head, like the psychologist, thinking about feelings, having theories about feelings, a, or distracting ourselves as soon as there is some uh, something uh, then you know like doing something with with our smartphone or, or going to the fridge or, or so whatever Or do we approach anxiety with an attitude of commitment to, and, and we have a break uh, now. That's like, that's uh, mm, he, he says that, and I like it. So I, I will explain it, and I will give some quotes and explain it. It's kind like to make a commitment to your anxiety, to become loyal to your anxiety, to be loyal to your feelings like to stand up for your feelings, this is how I feel, to stand up for them, to be committed, not against them, but with them. So, or do we approach anxiety with an attitude of commitment to and accepting of this disturbing experience? Yes, it is a disturbing experience. Yes, it is a disturbing experience. But we can be a loving container of that, an accepting container of that. Because anxiety is real, it's us. It's not some alien feeling happening to us. A life without anxiety is not an option. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> check up, yeah. So I, you I, know, I'm not sure of anything. <laughs> not, I mean, I'm not sure of this, but it's worth to check it up. Yeah, so he says a life without anxiety is not an option and then maybe you now think, yeah yeah, but yeah, I think awakening wow, there will be this poo. <laughs> and then then I'm not going to have this nasty human feelings anymore sure so is it is it like that and you know. If you have no, I mean, some people they're good to like kind of they they try to or they, they appear particularly when they teach as if they if they have done it. I'm I'm right now I'm settling with. A life without anxiety is not an option. (laughs) That's where I am. I'm not going so much into detail how from the Western point of view from a psychotherapeutical view, this capacity we have to disconnect from our feelings, how that at one point in our development was necessary to survive. So the different you could almost say skills you have to disconnect from feelings and to disconnect from anxiety was necessary uh, to protect yourself at one point the problem is that now it's time to outgrow that because now you have the capacity to be there with the feelings but out of out of habit we fall back to those patterns which at one point were necessary for for us to to protect us to make us survive so if you if you want to work with difficult feelings you know, hard to appreciate your conditioning coming from childhood that's really helpful, it helps to have more compassion, like with that understanding comes some more compassion to, to, the, to when you start to notice, wow, well, I'm so much in the head it's so difficult for me to breathe into my feelings I'm so scared of my sadness or anger. Depends a bit also what kind of feelings were allowed to be expressed in your family. There's like different kind of different ideas in different families of what kind of feelings can be expressed and what can, kind of feelings can be shown. So to, to look uh, into this conditioning, uh, from a Western psychotherapeutical view it's really so valuable in our in our Buddhist practice in our meditation practice also really uh, bringing more understanding and more compassion for that aspect. almost like appreciation also wow this this little boy you know, he had to, to in order to survive to survive he had to disconnect dissociate or intellectualize or or um, project because back then he, he was not able to be a loving container for these overwhelming feelings but now you are so now, I want to turn to a like more Buddhist view on this, a Buddhist description of what happens, what is the function of relating to anxiety and other feelings as if they are a problem. What do we get out of it? From a Buddhist point of view, our commitment to not feeling disturbing emotions, uh, our commitment to not feeling disturbing emotions, gives rise to a very convincing sense that we have some central, essential nature. So... in a Speaking way
3: about the continuity of the self sorry yeah
0: mm. yes mm. so in a way we make sure that the continuity of the appearance self keeps on functioning through creating drama through struggling because each struggle through, each, each creating drama, each drama we create, each problem we make comes at the same time with a sense of I. The I thought is strong. So we have more a sense of I. A sense of, ah, this is me. So the I thought, the ego self, protects itself, stabilizes its own existence through relating to your experience as if it's a problem. By practicing our avoidant strategies over and over, day after day, for decades, we become experientially convinced that there must be a central point around which our life resolves. Can you see that? Can you see that in each struggle, in each resistance, in each, this is a problem, that there is a strong sense of me? What you are now starting to describe or what you you start to lean into when you ask this question is that kind of that ground anxiety which I mentioned mm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, that ground anxiety of if I'm not this solid me which has problems, which is struggling with my experience, if I'm not that, mm-hmm. and if I look, I kind of quickly figure out that if I look there that I don't find anything Mm -hmm. then because we have been identified so much with that I thought then then we are meeting the basic groundlessness the basic openness the basic uh, boundarylessness the the basic interconnectedness and that is scary because that what you, what you what you felt you are dies or is is not there anymore for uh, creating a provisional sense of security but before what you what where you were looking for that kind of safety was that I thought that that ego-self. So this is connected with many things you now say. Uh, But what I want to uh, now pick on uh, Mm -hmm. from what you said Mm -hmm. is in, 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 the, in the turning towards anxiety, so that's the connection, uh, the turning to anxiety is a turning to the experience of openness, of connectedness, of awakening, of groundlessness. So, you started your question by saying, So, what do I do with the anxiety of not being? Mm. Is it, could I say it's the anxiety of dying? Yes,
1: yes. I remember
3: once we were talking before. Yeah, is
0: that, you say yes, yeah, yes. So, and that is like the ground anxiety.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: And, uh, So, and the answer to your question, okay, what what do I do with this, is becoming curious about that anxiety, increasing your capacity to be a loving container, to show up, to explore, to be with (laughs) that. Why do you laugh?
1: Because that's a big project. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it's good. <laughs> that and, I to, to <laughs> yeah. and today, oh uh, tonight, I,
0: I, I I'm I, I don't want to talk so much about how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So that's uh, that's a whole that's a whole uh, you know a whole. Uh, I mean that you can you can. There's so much in the Buddhist teachings on how to do this, you know, starting with taking refuge to you know the whole, the whole path. You know? uh, so today I, I I want to increase the, the incre- uh, I want to increase the curiosity, mm. Mm. and I wa- I, in a way I want to advertise for anxiety.
1: <laughs>
0: I want to speak on behalf of anxiety and say, hey. I'm a jewel, yeah. I'm some, I'm I'm something precious. I'm something. You no, know, that you experience anxiety in your life is not a sign that there's something wrong with you. That is actually the direction, if you're serious about awakening, where you have to turn to. So every, every serious practitioner, every, everyone who is serious about awakening is going to experience that anxiety. That that what you describe.
3: Pender, yeah. Uh, uh, when this concept of who I am, when I have explored that, uh, what is there then? Is there the curiosity and the openness, or, or this to be curious, or, or the when the concept of who I am falls away, mm-hmm. what did you say What is this then?
0: Yeah, what is then?
3: Yeah, what is then? Uh. then the concept to leaning in, to dare to lean in, to um, ex- experience, to be curious, <coughs> so it's a kind of being, just being.
0: Yeah? Say a bit more. Mm. There is just Being. Being, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Being, energy, mm-hmm. dare to be new, see what is called, curiosity. Mm-hmm. That is what is left of the concept when I have let go of the concept who I am. Want to say that? For what do you think?
0: Um... Now we are in in in, in the uh, so wha- so your question is wh- who I, who am I when I have looked through the hallucination of the separate solid me.
3: When I have dear to lean
0: into anxiety and
3: all
0: that, mm-hmm. and dear to see through it, there is something else. Yeah. There is something uh-huh. precious. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, it, and it's open. Yeah. And what is that? Well, I'm all, all You're <laughs> almost there. <laughs> yeah, sure. We are all. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, we are all almost there. But, but it's it's wonderful that you have a sense that you have a trust. That there is not nothing, because that's what she is afraid of. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: There is she is
0: afraid that there is nothing then.
3: No, mm-hmm. yeah. but nothing is everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the I nothing. Know it sounds crazy, but, but no, I, it does not sound crazy. No. Yes. 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 So the the nothing which is there then. It's. Wow, what a nothing!
1: Uh, it's
0: it's uh, a very uh, that nothing, which is there then, mm. or which is discovered then. It's already there. It's already like that. Mm. Uh, that it's that is that is the, then the end of seeking. That's the end. That's the that's that's home.
3: I, I think. Uh no matter what, that you will dare to let forth a feeling of I'm safe anyway, no matter what. I think for me it is um, little hint of that. I'm safe. You're safe, yes. No matter what. Yeah, no matter what. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, but often I forget I'm safe <laughs> and I'm embraced and loved from the universe. I, I, I often forget, but when I put myself back there, mm then it's um, a feeling
1: of that I'm safe
3: anyway no matter what Mm. I'm looked after I'm Mm taken care of I'm loved there's a feeling of something bigger
0: than myself and do you have a feeling if if you would completely make that shift from that which you are not Mm -hmm. the separate solid me Mm -hmm. to what you are there's nothing which we are talking about. Do you feel then then there is no anxiety anymore?
3: I experience uh, moments of no anxiety. Mm. I don't think the anxiety underlining is with me anyway, in a way. But but it, sometimes it shuts out also. Yeah, yeah. Like it is opening. Yeah. I speak with you about yeah. to, totally silent mm. everything yeah. okay. But it comes so in, it glimpses yeah, yes. in glimpses only. But
0: this glimpse then you f- you feel because I mean what are you what would you be afraid of? There's nothing to protect there. No. So uh, So
3: in these little glimpses yeah. the anxiety is gone. Yeah. It's not yes. a question of yeah. that there is anxiety. Yeah. But those are too short. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's precious to feel them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mingo Rinpoche calls that Buddha moments. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, don't disturb her. She's in her Buddha moment.
0: Yeah.
4: I'm not that familiar with Buddhism, but yeah. could that be something like resting in the universal awareness, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like okay. Where the self connects to the self of the others. Because I've also touched a little bit these states, and I, I had a little bit of a different experience, because the anxiety was there, uh-huh. it didn't bother me at all.
0: Ah, okay, that's, uh, that's another... So we cannot yeah. have
3: different so, words to so describe the same thing. Yeah, but yeah, it could be. Yeah. But but
0: that's uh, so. You you say the anxiety was there, but it didn't bother me anymore. No, it was just so, like one of But the how did you things. know that it was anxiety?
4: Yeah, uh, because it was similar to what I'm experiencing in the real life. I would say.
0: Ah, uh, like the ener- energy was similar. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. kind of same vibration. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah. Like the blurry lines around it, kind
0: of. Yeah, but it didn't bother you. No, it not was. At all. There was no suffering. Yeah yeah hmm. yes. I just wanted to contribute to the discussion. Yeah yes mm-hmm. uh, th- that's a that's a very important observation or experience uh, that it's possible to ex- ex- experience <coughs> the energy of anxiety without it being suffering mm. So then we could ask, How is it, how do I do it usually that I turn it into suffering? Uh, So it seems that it's something you actively need to do. You need to, like, because... You need to add. Yeah, you need to add something on the energy. Like a value. A value, a name, uh, uh, like pain, pain, bliss. Like pain... So the same energy there is kind of blissful, peaceful, and uh, in daily life it's uh, it's suffering. It's very interesting. It's uh, it's part of the investigation one can, which I mentioned in the beginning, one can do by by looking into the energy of anxiety and asking yourself. What is it? What makes it difficult to be with this? What well, the other question would be: What is this without any name? Then you would say, "Yeah, it's really unpleasant. It's it's it hurts. Hey, but that's a that are names. <coughs> unpleasant and it hurts is names. So." What is it without names? Oh, what is it without names? Maybe it's bliss.
3: I think memories of our previous uh, suffering kind of hold you and sneak up on you, and when, when I can have this, this moment then it can lure lure around the corner and try to grab me. I I can realize Mm. often these memories of previous suffering.
0: Yes.
1: But right
3: now there is no suffering, but it's kind
0: of memories. Yes, yes, yes. So you could then ask uh, (laughs) if you can't sleep and you are connected with the energy of anxiety, could ask, what is this without any memory? Mm. Yes,
2: first, I want to say I really uh, thank you for sharing because I really relate <coughs> to talking about that feeling, but also, I have when I grew up uh, the feeling of anxiety was for me and still is sometimes that way of control, mm. like, I always used anxiety because me as well had kind of difficult group things happen all the time so I always had that feeling that something bad will happen uh, and it did happen bad things then I start to use anxiety like if I feel excited, then I can stop things from happening almost, almost like in a magic way <laughs> Like so if I wasn't feeling excited then I get really afraid because then I thought mm. Like, mm. I like I almost like grabbed onto it and mm. so I have a problem now as so a groom to don't go there, like, it's okay, you can feel calm, it doesn't mean that it will happen, <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, yeah,
0: yeah, uh. yeah, so the experience of anxiety as a way to contr- control, control. Yeah. and connect it with this sense of Uh, now the I thought the ego self like as a way to feel more in control I am in control so controlling is also controlling could be one way to stabilize the sense of me Mm -hmm. it's a suffering me but at least it's a me
2: Also in relation to others, like my family, like my kids, like I feel like I have to be worried (laughs) all the time because if I'm not worried, then it will happen, something bad to them Uh or... It
0: makes it like when I am
2: here and my kids' home, so if I forget about worrying about them, then maybe something happens.
0: Yeah. Mm. Could it be that that is also avoiding the basic anxiety that it is actually the case that everything can happen at any time.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So then the anxiety of worrying like this Mm -hmm. is a bit like more easy to be... It's also very unpleasant, but it's more easy to be with that than to be actually with the anxiety How things really are. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Is it? does that yeah. make sense? Yes. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, anxiety as an escape of that ground anxiety.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm. And also a crazy way to keep feeling guilty. Like I have control, I know I don't have control. <laughs> it's all thoughts, But if uh, if something happened and I haven't been worried, then it's my fault uh-huh. in a crazy yeah. way. Like, yeah. uh, especially yeah. if it's something happened to someone near, close to me. Or yeah, it's a kind of, of magic life. thinking. Yes. Like uh, yes. Yeah. That's that's like I don't really believe in it, but still, no I, I. But that's
0: that's how you survived. On, yes. So it's uh, that, that's the magic thinking of. A four, five, six years old child. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 Yeah, that's good to uh, to become aware of that conditioning, because then, w- once you become aware of that of this uh, this dynamics, then then you then you can bring compassion into it, mm. kindness. It's going to uh, it's going to continue, but there can be a bit more less control. It, it will control you less, other than yes.
4: I was thinking about the physical part. If you're having a, mm-hmm. uh, like anxiety, or that you, it, it comes back to you like an addiction almost. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about what is it called in the brain when you actually have like. Is it the endorphin that kicks in when you actually start to get anxiety? I read somewhere about it, but now I forgot it. Do you know what I mean? That there's actually yeah. like yeah. some something in the brain that's... I don't think it's the endorphins, but we spoke about it before. Adrenaline? Yeah. Adrenaline? yeah, that actually kicks in, that mm. you get some mm. kind of addicted about it. Yeah, so uh,
0: that makes sense. So
4: in a way that's... I mean, it's like the body and then you got the brain, so it's like... In a way, then, then it's really a physical thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not only a mental thing. Mm that is uh, and then yeah, i wouldn't uh, separate
0: <coughs> the mental and the physical no but it so comes together but it comes together but yes. it, but it's mm. it's
4: really a physical thing then that it's yeah does it and
0: uh, and you and you yeah. think then that it becomes more real or
4: i think that it's uh, it's more difficult to control it or or just nah. not controlled but yeah i mean if if we i mean you didn't mention anything about it so i thought i should ask you yeah yeah yes
0: it uh, but I was talking about yeah. the body.
4: Yeah, but you didn't call it like an under adrenaline. You said it was like a body thing. That mm-hmm. It could be like a member in the body and so on. But yeah. it could also be that the, that the adrenaline or something is kicking in. And yeah. And it gets a bit more...
0: That is for me part of the, the okay. embodiment of yeah. anxiety. Okay. The, the hormones, yeah. the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, but what I find mm-hmm. interesting when, when you say, oh, that seems to be a kind of addiction.
4: Mm. Yeah, because that's what I read mm-hmm. about it, that it's yeah. really like, mm-hmm. like with sugar and so yeah. on. So yes. actually, oh, you get it. really. So
0: so, so there we are like in uh, kind of starting to admit that we are attached mm. to it, mm. that it is like a drug, mm.
1: yeah.
4: that we
0: get something out of it.
4: Mm. And then it's more uh, even more difficult
0: to cope uh, yeah this does not add for me to the difficulty no uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's not, for me it's when you say the way you talk now to that for me it does not become more solid no okay. i'm i'm still working with the same mm-hmm. with the okay. same thing yeah. mm-hmm. but maybe knowing that these are deep ingrained patterns in the brain mm-hmm. Uh, I usually don't use that kind of language, but for some people that might help to see, wow, this is actually really something which needs time and kindness. Mm. That we are not talking about, so we could use what you say while your insight well, uh, as a way to say, yeah, this is a, this is a long process, I need to be patient and kind with myself. Mm. Because I need to rewire my whole nervous system. (laughs) (laughs) It's like (laughs) material work, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, time is up, so Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) So it's there's a lot of lot more to say, but <coughs> then you have to come back. That's also good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for business. <laughs> uh, so if you if you are interested in some of the things I said, you could get that book by Bruce Tift already free. What do you write? It, Bruce? Bruce Tift. Bruce Tift. Yeah you get you get it uh, through sounds true. And um, I am going to lead a meditation day in two weeks on Saturday, so you are very welcome. So that would be it will be more practical. I didn't say a lot of how actually to do this. And uh, if you want to listen to some guided meditations, Then you can go to SoundCloud. I have a SoundCloud profile where I put these teachings, but also a lot of guided meditations you can listen to.